Today's word is titled, It's a Promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. And um, I'm going to start off this sermon with, on this beautiful Valentine's Day, right? Telling you guys lies about love. Lies about love. So all those that are so romantic, all those that follow the Hallmark, Lifetime, Disney movies, and all that stuff, let me, let me just tell you some secrets, some lies off the bat. Number one, if you love me, you'll do everything I say. That is not love. That's called manipulation, okay? <laughs> um, who died and made you God all of a sudden? That you feel that everyone has to do, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll do what I say if you love me. Loving someone doesn't make you their slave, all right? Lie number two. Love means we do everything together. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Let, let, let me break it down to you. The, the answer is no. No, you won't do everything together, right? Um, there are some things that you need some space for. All right? Bathroom time is one of those times that you need some space. You have some couple, oh, we're so in love. I'm just going to hold your hand while you use the bathroom because I love you so much. I'm just going to be here with you. I don't want to miss a moment of your life. <laughs> Babe, I'm going to need to let your hand go to handle some things. No, no. Use the other hand. <laughs> I know. That's pretty gross for some people. Oh, it's not us. Trust me. We got, we got boundaries. That's my time. That's her time. <laughs> um... Lie number three, love at first sight. You see, yo, who watches Impractical Jokers? Anybody? There's one of their skits is that um, Sal is carrying um, a bag of oranges, a, a paper bag of oranges, and he's walking in the park, and the skit is to drop all the oranges and have whoever's walking by um, help him with it. And as he's helping with it, he'll look up and he'll do the love at first sight look, right? And he'll be like, and then the, and then the girl's always like confused, like, why are you looking at me like that? Like, what's going on? And, th and that's the joke of it, right? And, um, and, and, and the thing is, some people are under the impression that they will one day see somebody and automatically their heart will start to pound. You know, the clouds will, will the, the heart, the sun will shine, a ray of light on this person. And all of a sudden, they both will begin to levitate and float toward each other. And as they're floating toward each other, you see a big heart. And it's like love at first sight. Okay, I'm sorry, but I have to... to burst that bubble, and saying love is not at first sight. Um, there is something called lust at first sight, okay? So, so, so you know, we're not going to get into that topic today, but yeah, it's more likely lust than love, and um, because love is reciprocal. It takes time. You got to work at it, you know? It, there's stuff involved in loving. 
Love takes hard work. It takes acceptance. Why? Because there are some things on the other person that you maybe don't agree with that you may have to accept in order to love. Love takes forgiveness. Love takes forgiveness. Okay, number four. My other half is out there somewhere (laughs) so that he or she will complete me. This is one of the biggest lies the enemy will throw your way, single people. All right? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because you can be complete in Christ. He completes He's the only one that can complete you. No other person can fill you the way that God does. We need to be, in order, matter of fact, in order to make any marriage work in the first place, I'm going to tell you, I recommend you be completed in Christ first. So you don't be trying to have your spouse fill stuff that only God can fill. Then you get mad with your spouse because they're not filling what only God can fill. And then you say it's time for divorce. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. But pastor, it's Valentine's Day. Be nice. I'm helping you. All right? This is about love, right? Real love, not Hollywood love. When you get married after Christ completing you, then, the, then your spouse is the icing on the cake. But your spouse is not the cake, okay? If you are really jealous, that means that, that, means that he loves me because he's really jealous. Like he wants to fight every guy that looks at me. So that means that he's really in love with me. Um... Listen, 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 guys. This uh, jealousy to a certain point, I get it. I mean, if, you know, if I see another guy, kick, you know, trying to kick it to my wife, I have to let him know. You know, I just got to let him know. Like, uh, what's up? You good? You good? You good? Okay, okay. Uh, just making sure. Talk to my wife. Just want to make sure you're good. All right, all right. You know, just kind of like let somebody know. But, but over the top jealousy is something else. Over-the-top jealousy, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, it's, not that, it's not that there's love in there. That there's a big possibility that that's revealing some deep-seated, some deep-rooted insecurity issues, right? Um, some self-esteem issues. And, and even more seriously, some, uh, an obsessive disorder that that person may have. And that could get pretty dangerous and violent, you know, um, taking it on a very serious note, one of our, our, our community churches, one of our neighboring churches here um, suffered a, a very tragic loss uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, Pastor Desimore had a, a young a lady in his church that was uh, killed by her ex-husband. And, um, and so there are some serious disorders sometimes, and, and people need help. People need help. You know, um, and so this over, oh, he's so jealous. He loves me so much. Uh, girl, find yourself somebody else quick. <laughs> Run. And guys, too, because there's, you know, guys, too. Yeah, if she's, too, if she's that, is she crazy? Is she crazy? All right, all right, you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> I'm only playing. I'm only playing. Nobody on TV knows what I'm pointing at. <laughs> I didn't say no names. I didn't say no names. All right. So um, <laughs> everybody's at home is like, who's that? 
Um, so, okay, okay. No, line number six. Love means um, if, we, if we are the same, then we love each other. If we are exactly the same. The, see, the truth is there is no one identically the same. We are all different, and we're all going to have differences, right? Um, fighting means you don't love each other. That's another lie. It's not a lie. Um, there will be conflict. There will be disagreements. The Bible even says it. You will have trouble. <laughs> he gives you a heads up. So that doesn't mean you can run. Just letting you know you're going to have trouble. You know, um, it's sad to say that slightly it used to be 50%. And every year, it, 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 it gets more and more. We're almost at 60% of marriages ending in divorce. And it would be a great thing to say that that's only within the secular community and that Christian marriages are not included in that. But the, the reality is that even Christian marriages are ending in divorce. And it's a sad thing because marriage is a covenant that we make before God. Right? And one of the biggest things I hear, and everybody hears it, any, anybody who deals with marriages, the biggest thing you hear is, I just don't love that person. I don't feel like I love that person anymore. Like I fell out of love. I fell out of love with him or I fell out of love with her. We don't love each other like we once did. Has anybody heard that before? Society wants us to believe that uh, when, uh, when you don't feel in love anymore, that that's your ticket to say, okay, next. When you don't feel in love anymore, that you should go find that feeling somewhere else. There's an author called Thornton Wilder. So I'm going to read you his quote. I'm going to quote him. I married you because you gave me a promise. That promise made up for your faults. And the promise I gave you made up for mine. Two imperfect people got married, and it was the promise that made the marriage. And when our children were growing up, it wasn't a house that protected them. It wasn't our love that protected them. It was that promise. After I found this, cool, I'm like, man, I should have been using this in marriages. So, you know, when, when you, the next wedding, the next wedding. Bonnie and yours, and yours. This author, he understood marriage. He understood marriage. He understood that marriage was based on a promise, not based on a passion. Not based on feeling. Not based on emotions. <laughs> because what happens is, if all of a sudden that passion those feelings, those emotions are not present at that moment, then what? There's no love? There's no longer a love for your partner, for your husband, for your wife? Listen, there's something important. It's not the, it's not the love that sustains commitment. It's commitment that will sustain the love. It's commitment. It's a, it's a decision every day to say, I will be committed. Very similar to our walk with God. A decision daily, right? 
to wake up and say, I will serve the Lord today. I will obey. I will submit. I will. And in my commitment to following, because his, his, listen up, his love for us is unconditional. His love for us is unfailing. But if we are to return that love, it begins with commitment. We commit ourselves to him, and in that commitment, it sustains the love we have for him. Let's, t- let's turn to Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about a little about love today, you know, since everybody's in a loving mood. You know, all these extra hearts everywhere. All the extra red and pink all over. You, go to, you can't go to any store without seeing all the hearts. So I, I get it. I get it. This could, this could be like, like we should have a singles day, right? For those singles. Singles out there, you guys want a single day? That we celebrate the singleness? Because there's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with being single. And so what happens is I think society has almost made it like if you are single, then there's something wrong with you. But there's nothing wrong with you. You know, we're going to start that up. We'll start a singles day. So we're going to celebrate all the singles one day. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1 to 3 says, Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. They have raisin cakes back then? No. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. And I said to her, you shall stay with me many days, woman. No, no. You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man so too I will be toward you. Chapter 3, we pick up here in chapter 3, but so much has already happened. So I'll give you a little sneak peek. She has, Gomer has hit rock bottom. Gomer, that's the girl in the relationship, in case you didn't know. Gomer is Hosea's wife, but she's hit rock bottom, and and she is... uh, she, maybe she was enjoying, you know, and I used to have a friend that used to love to call it doing it up, like, like living it, living wild and, and just doing it up. I had a good friend, Tommy, and now he used to, hey, yo, let's go out and do it up. That was his thing, like just have fun, you know. She may have thought that she was doing it up and it took her into a play, it, not, it, 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 it took her into this, uh, you know, this fun or so-called fun adultery, and then it transitioned into all of a sudden sex slave, and now she's being sold. You know, you see the the transition of sin? You know, it it may have looked good in the beginning. It may have, she may have enjoyed it in the beginning, but this sin transitioned, and now she's a slave to this sin? A, a, A literal slave because of this sin? God had told Hosea to marry this woman, and, and, and we're not going to get into too much of it and because there, there's, Hosea's a prophet, and God is using Hosea in his marriage to bring a word to Israel. 
He's using this situation to depict his love for his people, right? And so there's, there's a whole, there's a whole uh, message and there's a purpose behind this. And so he marries her and, all, and she begun, she's unfaithful, even with kids that they have, right? She's unfaithful. She steps out of the marriage. And again, she enters into that whole life and becomes a slave. So this is where we're at right now. You know, um, Hosea has every right at this moment. He has every right to, like, abandon her. He even has the right to kill her based on the law. He can have her killed. But, you see, Hosea is not about law. He's about love. Say, say, say it like that with me. Love. Does it sound better when you say it like that? He's not about the law. He's about love. And so, he, so what happens is he does the unthinkable. He actually listens to God and takes this woman back. How many of us would take a woman back after that? I don't know. <laughs> he follows God's instructions. He goes to the slave market and he buys her back. This was his wife. Now he's paying to get his wife back. Takes her home, and then, like in verse 3, says, I will be there for thee. Now, I'm pretty sure that Hosea didn't feel like he loved her at that moment. Let me tell you why I feel that he didn't feel like he loved her. You see, um, we can't blame him either. She had cheated on him with multiples people. It's not just like, oh, it's a one-time thing. I'm so sorry. No. No. She was out there. Okay? She brought shame to his home, to him, to his family. The thing is, back then, it's not just a, a between me and you thing. This thing, like, like, if that happens, it brought shame to his household. Like, his household, everybody. And, you know, it was like they didn't have social media, but the word got around. Word still got around. So the world knew, that the, the society knew who she was, what she had been done. It brought shame. It wrecked his home. It wrecked his family. It, 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 it brought shame and humiliation to him and his household. So at that moment, can you blame him that he may not feel like he loves her? Let me tell you a secret. There are moments in your relationship that you may not feel like you love your husband or your wife. I'll give you an example. If I leave my stuff on the floor and my wife trips over it, at that moment, she may not feel like she loves me after she trips and almost breaks her neck. She's, gonna, she's not going to feel like she loves me. What she's going to feel is the pain of falling, getting up and saying, I told you not to leave this here. And I need us to understand that because we can't go through our relationships on, based on feelings. We can't. That's the biggest lie the enemy has ever sold relationships. Oh, I feel, I feel, I don't feel like I love you anymore. I don't feel like this is, I don't want to hear feel. Unless, unless, our husbands and wives need to talk about their feelings with one another. 
But their, their marriage isn't based on that. That's just so because you love your spouse. You want to feel what they're feeling. You want to understand what they're going through. You want to communicate with one another. That, see, that's what makes, that, that's called communication within a marriage. But, but people feel that feelings are the foundation, and they're not, because feelings go up and down. What we learn here, what we learn here is that uh, love is, about a, is not about passion, but it's about a promise. It's not something we feel. It's something we do no matter what you feel, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on. It's a commitment that endures our emotional roller coasters. And some people, their roller coasters are crazy. Their roller coasters are crazy. <laughs> it withstands changes in personality because guess what? We change as we get older. We change as we move to new places. We change depending on the, the season of our life. So we change. And love endures changes in personality. Love endures changes in behavior. Love endures changes in physique. I'll just leave it there. We won't talk about that. See, this love that we're talking about is not based on feeling, based on promise, and this is a type of love that can last forever. Let's look at Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Love is a promise that withstands and that endures. Check out the timing of God's request to Hosea. So we're picking up in chapter 3. Chapter 3 is telling Hosea, go back, get her. And if you look at chapter 2, you see if you, the, the, the first verse, the first sentence of verse 12, the first says then, right? It says then, meaning Things have already happened at this point. So if you go back to chapter 2, you see that Hosea has already confronted his wife. Hosea has says, yo, I know what, what's wrong with you. You're doing this, you're doing that. But he says, you're out there a prostitute and you're out there with other men. You're out there. So he's, he's confronted her sin. He's confronted her adultery. He's done this. And then in confronting her, he's, he, you know, he's given her an ultimatum. He says, you're going to need to stop cheating or else. Stop cheating, come home, or else. And um, he wasn't bluffing because if you read, he had to cut her off. All right, fine. And he cuts her off, and he lets her go. He no longer so, uh, emotion, uh, emotionally is supporting her. He's no longer financially supporting her. She's out there. She's on her own. She's cut off. Now, he didn't do this because he didn't love her. He didn't do this because he was angry. He didn't do this out of, like, spite. It's important to know that he didn't do this out of anger because this, what he actually did was a loving, um, confident response to a serious problem in his relationship. He pretty much saying, listen, if you, want, if you want to stay, I want you to stay. I want you to stay. He's like, but, but understand that you can't keep doing what you're doing if you're going to stay. I mean, is that a crazy request? No. 
He's like, you got to end all these other affairs if you're going to stay with me. But if you want to go, I'm just saying that you can go, but, but things can't continue between us the same. Things can't be the same. He wasn't going to have a friend with benefits. He wasn't going to have somebody that, that can come back whenever she had a need, even though she was searching everywhere else for other things. He wasn't going to allow her to take advantage of his love for her and just pop in and out every time there was something that she couldn't get from all the things that she was searching. You know what, you know what the saddest thing is? The thing that breaks my heart is that we do that to God sometimes. We say, yo, I know you love me. I know your love is unconditional. I know you're going to love me no matter what. So guess what? I'm going to sleep with this sin and with this sin, with that sin, with this sin. And I'll come back because I know you love me. And then what I'll come back is I'll just tell you, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And then you'll love me, you'll love me. And then I'll go back to this sin. And I'll go back to this sin. And I'll go back to this sin and this sin. And then I'll come back and say, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And then I'll go back to this sin and this sin and this sin. And we play with God. Forgetting that we serve a God that is, yo, I'm sorry, have none of you guys ever read the Old Testament? Oh, but Pastor, that's the Old Testament. That's the same God. Okay, I don't want, that's the same God. Listen, Jesus came and was like, yo, man, let me, let me try to bridge this gap here. Let me try to die for you because I love you, and that way you can hang out with my daddy. But daddy's like still daddy, and he's like, listen. I'll bring it if I need to bring it. We forget about this because we, we're, we're so mis... We're so... We're taught wrong about his grace. We're taught wrong about this. And we feel that because of his grace, we can continue running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back... Because oh, he's graceful. He's graceful. Let's keep sinning. Just go back and ask him to forgive you. He'll forgive you. Just keep going back and forth. He said, you want to go, you can go, but things can't continue the same between us. We don't even know, really, how much time passed, you know, um, between chapter 2 and 3. We don't know. You know, we don't know if it was months. We don't know if it was years. We don't know. The Bible doesn't specify the time. But we know that some time passed. If it was short or long, we don't know. But time passed. And just like the prodigal son, we just talked about the prodigal son two weeks in a row, right? Back to back. Both sons. Just like the prodigal son, she had to hit rock bottom before she could see the value of what returning home would be. But sad, she can't now. <laughs> she can't. Love is a promise that withstands and endures. Gomer was broken. She was broken physically. She, don't, she, she had been abused. She had been sold as a slave back and forth. She was now a sex slave, sex worker, right? And, and, she, and she's broken inside. You know, outwardly, inwardly, she's just broken. 
There was no way that at this moment she's enjoying her present condition. There's no way. But we never read in the scripture an attempt that she made to go back to her husband. It could be one of two things. I mean, as we're reading, we understand that, uh, that she, maybe she couldn't go back. She didn't have the option to go back because reading that she's a slave means that she now belonged to somebody. Someone had taken ownership of this woman, and now she couldn't even go back if she wanted to. She gave him legal right by her sins to become her master. I read that. I was thinking about that, and it makes me think of people, and, and, and let me tell you, people that were once undering, under the covering, we were talking about this, about some individuals that we know know the word. We know you know better. Like they were raised in the faith. The seeds have been planted. God was even using individuals in ministry. And then what they did was knowingly, even experiencing and being under the covering, they choose to step out and chase a sin chase their fleshly desires and their lusts, and now they're like locked in, a slave to a master of sin, so lost that you would have never imagined that this person was once in the house, that was once in the relationship. Somebody would have looked upon Gomer at that moment and would have never imagined, oh, she was married and she has kids at home, and nobody would have ever imagined that. If you, if you didn't know her, like if you just walked up and saw her up there being sold with all the other women, you would have never imagined that she had a husband at home with kids. There are some people so stuck and lost in their sin that they don't even look like they once had a relationship with God. And even if they want to come home, they can't. Because they need to be delivered. And set free from the clutches that have them bound. The second choice, perhaps, maybe she, let's say she did, she could have went home if somehow. But she probably thought, like, he would never take me back at this point. He'll never take me back. Look at everything I've done to him. I've cheated over and over and over again. He gave me a chance. And after he gave me a chance, I still chose to leave. He'll never take me back. But you know what? Hosea, reflecting the manner of God, reflecting the character of God, what he did is he shows Gomer that the relationship was still possible. He shows her that, that, it, it, that it was still possible for them to be together, not based on the terms of her character, but based on the terms of the promise. Based on the terms of his commitment. We need to go to the source if you want to understand this. We got to go to the source. Right? Go to the source to understand this love. Christ didn't wait till we cleaned up. 
He didn't wait till we cleaned up to offer us salvation. Romans 5.8 says this. Romans 5.8 says this. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Still sinners. While we were still sinners. He didn't wait for you to get better. He didn't wait for you to clean up. He didn't wait for you to get your life right, which we hear all the time, right? Right when you're telling your friends, oh, I got to get my life right first. No. He didn't wait for you to stop watching pornography. He didn't wait for you to stop cheating. He didn't wait for you to stop being an addict to something. He didn't wait for all this. When your sin, he, he died for you. And what happens is sometimes, sometimes the, the, the over-religious in the church make those lost in sin feel like they can't come because they're so dirty. Guess what? Be dirty and come here. With your sin, come here. I'm, no one here is asking you to get your life right, to stop doing this, stop doing that. No, no. Just come. Just come. Because in your condition right now, that's how he died for you. He didn't wait for you to stop being depressed, stop being uh, unforgiving, stop being religious. That many times is even worse than some of the other things that we talk about. Sin is sin. And he didn't stop. He didn't wait for you to stop sinning to die for you. We are very unlovable people. Look at your neighbor and say, you are unlovable. <laughs> Pastor, it's Valentine's Day. We are unlovable people. We are unlovable people because we make mistakes and we fail him. We turn our back on him. We do these things like this. We disobey him. And his love continues. He still loves us. God is the one that teaches us that love is a promise, not a passion. Love is a, pa uh, a promise, not a passion. Marriage is not about being in love, but agreeing to, but agreeing to love. It's not about something we feel. Oh, I said that already. Where am I? Okay. <laughs> I know it's somebody. Oh, remember this. The next time someone that you love hurts you, did Gomer hurt Hosea? Man, the pain that he must have felt. The pain that he must have felt. But if he would have waited for a feeling to once again love her, <laughs> that would have never came if he would have waited. Um, we talked about the crazy cycle in our, in our marriage cohort. The crazy cycle is, is that um, a marriage gets into a crazy cycle when a wife feels unloved, right? And a wife feels unloved, she responds in a disrespectful way toward her husband. And her husband, feeling disrespected, is going to respond in a very unloving way. And what happens is you get into this crazy cycle until somebody putting aside feelings decides to say, I'm going to love no matter what. I'm going to respect no matter what. And it breaks the cycle. Ephesians 5, 25 says, 
For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life up for her. Love is a promise that involves sacrifice. Sacrifice. When we look at verse 2, we see that Hosea paid to buy her back. With his, he, paid back to pay, he paid to buy back his own wife. It baffles me. It baffles me. Because, I mean, I don't know. I will go back and get you. Yeah, but I'm just going to be like, yo, she's mine. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Pay for her. Uh, she's mine. Let's go. Get in the car. I'll handle this. Get in the car. <laughs> I don't know about paying for her. I mean, it's already, you know, she's my wife. Jamal, you go with me to get her back? Are you help you back me up? All right. Get some backup. The Bible records the exact cost, the exact, the exact figures that Hosea pays back to buy his wife, and there's always reasons for this, and, and I just wanted to give you guys a quick math, math lesson real quick, right? Real quick, real quick, real quick. All right, so it says he buys her back for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley, um, and the lesson here is that if we read back in the Old Testament, back in um, Exodus 21, there's an established price for slaves. An established price was 30 shekels. That was like the baseline, you know, for a cost of a slave. So he's given 15 shekels, but the price is 30. And so when you look at a homer, what's a homer, right? One homer is equivalent, equivalent, equivalent to 10 ephahs, right? Which is like a weight. You know, like, you know, we have grams, we have ounces, stuff like that. It's weight. So one and a half homers would be equal to 15 ephahs. So you now, by, if, you, if you guys are all about pounds, it's about 960 pounds. So it's almost 1,000 pounds of barley. All right? The normal price for barley was one shekel per ephah. So if he's got 15 ephahs, and 15 shekels, and he's given a total of 30 shekels in, uh, 30 in, in, in shekels and in barley to, pay back his, to buy back his wife. The reason why I even went into this whole math session is because I have to say that this is what happened. He realized, okay, God, I'm going to get back my wife. He goes and he goes, I'm my wife back. 30 shekels. 30, okay, here, I got you. He's like, I only got 15 Hold on a second. And he goes back home and he's digging into the couches and he's looking in the car and he's going all over the thing. He, he's, he, he goes back and he takes his uh, PS5 and he has to sell that. He pawns that. He takes his car and he loves so much and he pawns that. All the material idols that you guys may have in your lives. Go ahead. Think about the most materialistic, materialistic idol that you have and sell it. And it's not for you. You're not going to get that money for you. You're going to sell the something that you have, that, that you love, that you need. In this case, it was beyond material, materialistic items. This was, this was something that he lived off of. He lives off of this. He goes through it. He's ripping stuff up, and he has to sell it. This payment process, it shows me the sacrifice that Hosea has to make to get his wife back. The sacrifice. And not just, not just the selling of it all, but come on, almost 1,000 pounds of barley, that don't move itself. 
Now he got to load this. He got to move this. So, so now he's broke. He's tired. He's sweaty. He's hurt. I mean, come on. He's emotionally battered. He's physically battered. He's broke. But he does all this to get his wife back. Is today's love, would today's love do any of this? <laughs> She's like, no. Mm, mm, mm. Gomer is now coming back to a house that has no bank account, that has no food in the pantry. He sold what he could to get her and now she's seeing that everything that he had everything that was there she was worth more than those things that he possessed even after her adultery even after her cheating even after her choosing the world of sin before her husband we can smile today because that's what God does with us. And he, 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 gave, he gave the most priceless thing, his son, on the cross to die for us while we were all gomers. None of us deserved it. We're definitely not worth that sacrifice. But he did it because he loved us. He loved us. Romans 8.32 says, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, for us all, won't he also give us everything else? You know, we don't have to earn God's love or even earn his blessings because we can't. He already loves us. The cross was proof of that. Love is a promise that forgives. Love is a promise that forgives. Verse 3, we see that Hosea goes to Gomer and he says, it's time to come home, I got you. That's the, that's the Vincent translation. I got you, come home. Come home. You won't be with anyone else anymore. Hosea's solution to her shameful past. Listen to this. Hosea's solution to her shameful past was to forgive her and give her a new start. Her shameful past, I'm going to forgive you, give you a new start. That's how he moved on from this. But she had to now depend on Hosea for everything. For everything. He alone was going to be the source of her security, the supplier of her needs. Everything was going to be Hosea. You know, and that's the thing. That's what God desires from us. God desires, right, that we depend on him fully for everything. For everything. Completely dependent on him for every kind of need that we may have. You know, no matter what we've done, 
no matter how we've sinned, no matter how we've stepped out in our relationship, no matter how we have stepped out in our relationship with God, he tells us that we're accepted and that we're loved. One of the biggest things that keeps us away from our walk with God is the feeling that he can never accept us after we've done all the things that we've done. He can never love us after we've been with so many other sins in the world. He'll never take us in after this. I mean, he gave me a chance before, and, and, and I was there, and then I walked away. I could never go back again. He tells us that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. He's giving us a brand new start. So no matter what you've done, no matter what you says, he's saying, listen, this is just, just, I got you. Come home. And I'm going to just wipe the slate clean as if none of that ever existed. It never existed. You mean all the shameful stuff that I've done? You mean all the, the dirtiness that I was found, that, that, that I, I put myself in? You mean, you mean even though I knew that you loved me and I took advantage of your love? Even though I knew you would forgive me, so I played you going back and forth because I knew you would forgive me each and every time? You're telling me that you're willing to forgive me again and wipe it clean? Like if I've never done this to you, like I've never played you, like I've never took advantage of you, you're telling me that you're willing to wipe the slate clean? And God says, yes. Yes, because my love for you is real. My love for you is true. My love is true love. He tells us that we don't have to go outside of our relationship to have our needs met. He could be everything and anything we need. The Bible tells us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. We're to walk in the newness of life. And this is the thing. Many times we come to him. He says, I got you. He wipes it clean. But then we still walk like this. Because we still carry the shame on us. He done wiped it clean. You know what that means? That means that you get to walk out of your house like this. And you get to walk with your head high. Because he's wiped it clean. And you are to walk in the newness of your life. How can we praise God and how can we tell others about this amazing God that, it, that if we are still walking like this because of the shames of our past when, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to look like that Christian. They're always still upset about things. They're always depressed about things. They're always, they're always, they're always. We go through our ups and downs. And I'm not saying that Christians don't get depressed. I'm not saying that we don't have bad days and good days. But there's something about the alwaysness of something. If you are finding yourself always in a state, 
then you need to ask God to deliver you from that. He says, I will be there for thee. Now, his question to you is, will you be faithful to me? He gave her conditions. We can't keep playing with God. He's saying, listen, I'm going to be there for you, but will you be faithful to me? As we think about that, let's stand up for a moment. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. I am there for you. Will you be faithful to me? I will supply your every need. I will cover you with my love, with my mercy, with my grace, with my peace, with my joy. I'm going to do these things for you. I'm going to erase your past. I'm just asking you, are you going to be faithful to me? On this day, on this beautiful, cold, icy Valentine's Day, many will go out to express their love to one another with hearts, candies, flowers, dinners, right? We do all that. But I want to ask you a simple question on this day. What is love? Pastor, that is not a simple question. That takes explanation. That takes time to explain what truly love is. I'm going to make it simple for you. According to 1 John in chapter 4, the word is very clear when it tells me that God is love. So, if you didn't think there was a quick answer to what is love, now you know it. What is love? God is love. And the sad truth is that if you do not know God today, that you have not experienced true love yet. If you have not received him into your heart today, you have not experienced the feeling of true love. Love that does not judge, love that does not that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't cause evil, love that is forgiving. We talked about a love that withstands and endures, a love that involves sacrifice, a love that forgives. Guess what? My God endures and withstands all. My God sacrificed something greater than any one of us could ever do. We can never repay back the sacrifice that was given on that cross. Jesus dying on that cross. We can't ever repay that. And forgiveness, he forgives us when we go to him and ask for forgiveness. Our God withstands. Our God has sacrificed for us. Our God forgives us. So if you don't know who God is today, then you don't know love. You don't know love. So, the great news, the, what, what puts a smile on my face, is that on this beautiful, loving Valentine's Day, if you have not said, Lord, I want to be 
a servant. I want to serve you. I want to accept you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to give my heart to you. You haven't given your heart to God. What better day than right now today? You know, back in Valentine's Day 2021, I gave my heart to the Lord. No Valentine's Day would ever top that. The best decision you can ever make. I know there's people watching right now saying, I want to do that. And we want to pray with you. Just let us know that you want to do this and we're going to pray with you. We'll contact you. We'll get a hold of you. But I want to pray. I want to pray with you guys today. And as I'm praying, the altar is open for two reasons. Or for any reason, if you want prayer, you can come up. But I want to specify two reasons. One, if you haven't accepted Christ and you want to do that today, you want to give your heart to God today, the altar is open. I want to pray with you. The other one is, and there's nothing to be ashamed about because we've all done this sometimes in some part of our walk with God. If you find yourself right now coming back to God, forgive me, but then stepping back out of your relationship, but then going back to God, forgive me, and then stepping back out. If you're finding yourself having this adulterous relationship with God, I want to pray with you. Because you know, we can stop this today. If you found yourself bound like Gomer was under a master that was not letting her go, that was now selling her as a slave, if you are bound by anything in your life, I want to pray with you because I believe that God can break that bondage today. I believe it. I don't care if it's been 10 years, 20 years. I know it, it can be broken today. So as we pray, I want to pray with you. And I invite you to come up to the altar. Father God, right now, Lord, we just come before you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you, Lord, because your word is awesome, Lord. You, you love us unconditionally. You show us, Father God, that you, can, you withstand, you endure all the things that we do to you. All our rebelliousness, Lord, you withstand it, you endure it. All our, 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 our disobedience, Father God, you still continue to love us through that. Father God, you love us because you've given us an ultimate sacrifice, your ultimate sacrifice, Father God, because you love us. Because you love us, Lord, you forgive us no matter what we've done. You forgive us. Today, the altar is open. If you feel, Lord, that you, if you feel that you just need God to do something in your life, something within your heart, I want to pray with you. If you haven't given your life over to the Lord, let's pray together right now. Father God, I need you. Lord, come into my life. I give you my heart today because I know that I am dirty. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm not worth anything. 
Just like Gomer was dirty and shameful and, and, and not worth anything but 30 shekels. There was a price. That's all that she was worth. I need you, Lord. I know I'm a sinner. Come into my life today. Forgive me, Lord, for all that I've done. I want to receive you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Guide me, teach me, lead me as I surrender my life to you. Acknowledging that you are the Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen.